and what's going on just goes to show listeners it's your co-host ridge we're back with another episode yeah we are back jack aren't we uh got to spend a little time together this weekend which was always fun and uh caught up on all the prem action that we might have missed and uh during our uh, chicago shenanigans so ready to dive into it yeah it's gonna be good a little rundown of what we're talking about on the pod this week Uh, we're going to cover all the latest happenings in the premier league so of course we'll talk a little bit about the uh liverpool spurs um refereeing debacle that happened this weekend Uh, we know it's been talked over probably a little bit too much at this point. So we'll try and get some quick takes, move on, make it digestible for everybody. Uh, then we're going to talk um, a little bit about the top of the table uh, with Manchester City as well as some of the European pursuits and then kind of move our eyes down a little bit and talk about the manager hot seat. Uh, we're starting to get into first couple weeks of October. So some seats are warming up, some bums are getting warm. Um, and then I'm presenting trivia to Chris this week. Uh, we got a different twist on trivia this week um, we'll go through every Premier League team actually so uh, that should be good and then talk through this upcoming action uh, Chris anything to add on I'm really nervous about trivia based off of that description <laughs> and I just <laughs> we've got on the phone a little bit earlier I just hear you scribbling down notes about trivia it's been a long time since I've done it so hoping to not embarrass myself yeah, you know, it, when it comes to trivia, I'm trying to up the ante every week. We're just trying to get better, do better, work harder, run faster, um, all those things on the pod. Um, so, Chris, d- diving into um, this past weekend's Premier League action, uh, there were just a lot of drubbings, as you were saying earlier, like a lot of sides with a lot of big wins. Aston Villa beating Brighton 6-1, which I, d- I certainly didn't foresee. Um, just a handful of drubbings across the league. Um I think one of the drubbings uh, that everyone's discussing is, of course, Liverpool's disallowed goal against Spurs, uh, where the PGMOL released audio this week. So um, I guess quickly, uh, what's your take on the whole situation and where do you stand? How are you feeling about it? Where is it sitting in your stomach as of right now? Um, I mean, we, we, you mentioned it. We've talked a ton about VAR, refing decisions. Every time we do, we always end it by basically by saying that we don't like having to talk about it every week and we're going to stop focusing on it so much yeah. but this was kind of an unprecedented situation just because now we're getting more of this audio after the fact and it was clearly the wrong decision um on the pitch which was seen like pretty much right away but hearing the audio of it after is really i think the biggest controversy of it because they didn't even really get the decision wrong they, they got the decision right and pretty quickly and it was just completely botched communication uh, between the VAR team and the official, and they kind of had the chance to correct it right there, but decided they couldn't stop the match. So, I mean, they basically knew right away that they effed it up, and it was a it was a massive goal in the game. It decided the game, um, and so it, it seems like we have to talk about it. I mean, my my take on it is that there, we've had VAR. What is this the third season with VAR or the fourth? One of the two. I think the. F- Fourth, yeah. I think that that sounds right. And uh, I mean, the fact that there's not like a little bit more of a, a systematic approach to the communication and to changing calls, at least through the language of it, is a little bit alarming. I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that you, we can listen to that audio and uh, and see like the exact process of how it went down and how they still got it wrong is it's pretty wild. Um, I think I mean Liverpool have a right to be upset. I still think Klopp is a crazy man, and so his suggestions or, or the things that he thinks should 
uh, happen as a result of the mistake are crazy, which we can dive into too. But I mean, I was pretty shocked at the decision, but we've seen some incorrect VAR calls already. It's not the first one. But then you hear the audio after the fact, and my jaw kind of dropped, and I had to listen to it a couple of times and just be like, this can't be real. It almost seemed like it, was, it wasn't even real because it was just like pure panic from, from the guys being like, oh, no, oh, no. They're like bleeping out F-bombs because <laughs> they knew how badly they screwed it up. So I'm just a little bit bewildered by it. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's really funny. Listening to the audio, it reminds me of, you know when you like ask someone like, hey, do you mind, like Chris, do you mind if I come over later? Or hey, do you mind if I, uh, if I have a bite of your food, right? And um, you know, sometimes people will just be like, yeah. But they say it with a tone like, which like Probably if I was saying, hey, do you mind if I have a bite of your food? Yeah, and they, exactly, they say, yeah. And you're like, okay, and you reach in for a fry, and then you know, because you're like, like, wait, do you mind, correct... or is it okay? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, c- correct answer is actually no, I don't mind. Um, but people, you know, people just say yes, imp- Im- you know, implicitly implying um, that you can, you know, do the thing you were asking, and it sort of felt like that level of communication between the VAR official and the on-field official, where um, he was like, so confirming the decision. Yep, yep, he's on side. Yep. Uh, and it, it was just kind of one of those where they were just their conception of what the on the call or on the field call was was different. And so then they were both, you know, they both confirmed thinking that they were confirming the same thing. It was just super interesting. Um, I, 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 I mean, here, here's my take on it. Like it was a mistake. Mistakes happen. I, I don't really understand where this like inherent. This is like one of the downfalls I think of VAR. Uh, football involves. It's not like tennis or like you know we've talked about this before. There's subjectivity. Um, it's not like they're in or they're out. And I understand in this call or in this instance, like offsides, it is pretty objective. Like the per, the player is either behind the line or they're not. But refereeing as a whole just isn't and isn't a completely objective and and uh profession right so shit is gonna get is gonna go wrong there's gonna be error there's gonna be human error um keep in mind we are still in the first couple years of this product being rolled out you know the good news is is like this they'll they'll change the comms and they already have the premier league already has changed the comms between their the in booth var officials and the on pitch uh, officials to say yep confirmed on-field decision goal, right? So to confirm the outcome as well as confirming the decision. So that way that doesn't happen any uh, again. But I just think, yeah, it's a human error. Hopefully the Premier League referees get, you know, get better. And uh, But uh, but I, I'm kind of over this whole, like, I have to give no, um, no legway to the idea of, like, there should be a real replay or right. things should be done about this retroactively. Like, it's just not a perfect art. And, and anyone who thinks that it should be um, is mistaken. Yes. Liverpool, if you're a Liverpool fan, you got fucked, right? Call it what it is. Is there anything that you can do about it, or should there be anything you can do about it? No. Well, I agree. Like no, nothing to do about it now, right? After full time, right. like they're not going to retroactively award a goal. They're not going to change the points. They're not going to replay the match. I mean, Klopp suggesting that they should replay the match is insane. I think he knows that it's insane and it's not going to happen. But just even voice that is is ridiculous. But they could have. They could have retroactively changed it on the field, and I think the the on field referee basically just uh, he's like, "Cool, we got the call right, let's go." And like the restart happened so fast, and I think 
you do want to minimize the amount of delays on the pitch for VAR. You want the reviews to go as quickly as possible. But they restarted it so quickly, and they could have he could have asked for clarification if he was unsure. It seemed like he wasn't unsure. Um, but then for them to say, can we stop the match, stop the play, stop the play, and them not doing that, and then just saying there's nothing we can do. I mean, they could have, you know, it's like 10, 15 seconds after you restart the play, you can blow the whistle. Like that. It wouldn't have changed anything at that point. So it just feels like in this instance, as opposed to a lot of the other mistakes that they've had through VAR, this one was very, very easy, easily avoidable or correctable right after the fact. And so I think if you're a Liverpool supporter, like this, this one is going to sting more just because <laughs> VAR actually got the decision corrected. Um, also odd, you don't really, you normally see it the other way. You know, most of the time since VAR has uh, been implemented, they will let them play and not, not raise the flag. And then you see the offside flag get called after the goal. Um, and obviously they let them play through here, but I mean, he was clearly onside. It really wasn't even that close. So it's a tough one, um, but I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't really think there's anything you can do now. Every team ever has gotten screwed over by a call, and it's going to happen. But in this case, it just really, really shouldn't have happened. And so that's why there's so much more discussion around it, I think, than previous things. And also because it's Liverpool and also because Klopp whines a lot and he's going to make a big deal of it. But um, <laughs> I, I put a note in here, too. I just saw today that, they announced that Darren England, who was the VAR official, won't referee another Liverpool match all season, which I don't know if that happens if this if this decision goes against Bournemouth or something like that. <laughs> like I, It's a really odd thing to, to have him. Okay, well, he will referee, just not Liverpool, just to kind of ease your concerns a little bit. Like That makes no sense to me at all. That, that's just a weird, um, weird decision yeah, from the Premier that... League to be like, all right, Klopp, you know what? This guy screwed it up, so you don't have to deal with him for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that's sort of like an old school punishment from like the match fixing kind of old school days, right? Like pre-internet era, right? Like over a referee you thought had a like vendetta against your team, like okay, they won't referee against you anymore, right? But like, what if he's what if they referee does? Darren England does have a vendetta against Liverpool, and he's refereeing a, a city game until it's right. That's that's the thing. If it's justified and there is any concern whether Darren England's not being like totally partial, that he shouldn't be refereeing anything. Like he should not be allowed on the right. pitch for a Premier League match. So the like I, I don't really understand what this accomplishes. Um, it almost just like gives them more of a reason to say that he does have a vendetta because they're like, you know what, we won't have him referee in any Liverpool matches just in case. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, wh where it ends is it's unfortunate. I am excited that they're already making changes on the language between on-field communication. I mean, this is bound to happen. Just think about the sample size, right, of VAR replays. Like something like this is bound to happen. Um, it just happened in you know, uh, well, I mean, all the games are big, but it happened in a big, um, a big game between Spurs and Liverpool towards the top end of the table, and it's under the microscope. So I'm I'm just glad they'll they're going to change the language. It'll get better moving forward. Again, this is a relatively new product right var is way younger than the premier league is itself um and things will get better and i think yeah. you know i know that's not what liverpool fans want to hear but like tough you know that i think that's that's the end of it it right? is like, yeah it is, screwed. it is it is it is the is end of it and I, I, the only thing the last thing i'll say on it because i don't want to like dwell on this for too long is just like they should have had that type of language situation figured out well before this i mean you think about every other 
uh, refereeing action that happens, whether it's an offside, like in every sport, they have like very specific gestures for certain types of calls. And for them to be like communicating through a microphone, like they should have, there should be like official language when a call gets changed. And the fact that they hadn't thought about that before to allow a situation like this to happen is a little bit baffling, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And if Liverpool miss out in the top four by a point or something like they're, they're going to be talking about this for a while as, as a missed opportunity for them to, to, to pick up a point or whatever the fact might have been uh, in the result of this game, which is annoying and it should just kind of end here. Um, but that's just not the way human nature works. So, you know, I, I can't wait to hear Klopp just ramble on about more refereeing things for the rest of the season because that's what he does. And I, I wish it would have happened to someone else because he's like probably my least favorite manager to have to deal with in something like this. Yeah. Well, pivoting over to the blue side of uh, Manchester, City lost their first game over the weekend to Wolves, which was just a gnarly game. Uh, Pedro Neto looks absolutely on fire. Um, and if you're a Wolves fan, like you got to be buzzing uh, to beat. Um, you just got to be buzzing in general, right? Like Wolves haven't, really, haven't done a lot of business. They've got rid of more players than they bought. Um, Gary O'Neill seems to have the squad. You know, they sold Matias Nunez to City. Um, and what was kind of a, a controversial standoffish transfer. Um, and Gary O'Neill's got this team playing, honestly, very comparable to Bournemouth last season, right? Like intense, pressing, um, high-energy football and a lot of heart and a lot of grit. And Gary O'Neill's you know, literally doing the same thing that he did last season with the Bournemouth side um, with Wolves, which has a more talented squad than Bournemouth did last season, I would say. Yeah, a little bit more talented. I mean, I still think we, we talked about before the season that this was a team that would probably be fighting a relegation battle. Um, and they've got wins against Everton and City now, um, which you know, there's there's six teams right now in the league that have less wins than them. Uh, and this was a shocking result. Um, I, it's not really cause for concern if you're Man City, I don't think. They were bound to drop points eventually. This is just a surprising fixture to do it in. Um but I think it means more for Wolves than it does for City. You know, City still stay a point ahead of Spurs and Arsenal, top of the table. They have a huge match coming up this weekend against Arsenal. Um, I, I do think, you know, if you're if you're going to be concerned with anything related to City, um, you, no Rodri this match. And I, I saw this stat earlier that since Rodri's debut at City, uh, in 67 matches he's played in, they've lost five of them. And in the 15 matches that he's missed, they've also lost five. I think it just goes to show, a little plug there, that, that he is a massive hey. cog in that, that city machine. I mean, taking him out of they don't have a, a like for like replacement that can fill his role right now. And uh, that, that suspension where he decided to, um, you know, go for someone's throat is, is <laughs> more impactful than it was just for the game where he got sent off. Um, so he uh, will also miss this weekend, which is brutal and one of their biggest fixtures of the season. Um, so they're going to need him back and... You know, if a guy like him picks up an injury, that's we talked about this, I think, on our last episode, that if someone's going to make a push, it, it might only take like an injury or two. He is one of the guys that they really would have a tough time replacing. Um, so I think that's notable. Holland seems like he's cooled down. If you look at his numbers, I mean, he's still scored in five of their seven Premier League matches um, and had scored in his previ previous four coming into this one. Two Champions League matches, no goals, but not really concerned about him. Um, I, I think that they'll they'll bounce back. They really have to make a statement this weekend, though, because if they lose their second row to Arsenal, 
really going to open things up. Um, but I don't know if you're, you have really any major concerns or I think it more of just, it might've been one of them, you know, for city where they just didn't really have their best stuff and a plucky wolves team came out and picked up points. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I guess two things on each one of those, uh, points you made the Rodri impact. Wow. Uh, I mean, it, it makes, it makes you realize that like the treble last season that they won and, and how fantastic the city team is like, makes you wonder like, does Rodri not get enough credit? right? Like, is he, should he be a bound or candidate, right? Is he the best holding midfielder in the world that's sort of overlooked just because he's not consistently getting goals and assists and influencing the game in a, an attacking perspective? I mean, he does have a couple of Premier League goals and assists already this season, um, but he's, I mean, just world-class um, in terms of controlling, imposing City's control on, uh, on, on matches. Um, and you see that obviously in the team with him and the team without him. So it just makes me wonder, like, is he, I mean, everyone knows he's good, but like, is he top three player in the world? Good. Well, to answer um, those plays questions, a, plays a different position. should he be a Ballon d'Or candidate? Yeah, probably. I mean, not, not a winner, but top three, top five candidate, I'd say so. And is he the best holding midfielder in the world? Yeah, I think probably right now. Right. Um, at his, at his exact position, I literally wouldn't take anyone else ahead of him. And I mean, City were the best team in Europe last year and he was, you know, take away Holland from that team or, or De Bruyne, he's the next guy, if not maybe slightly even ahead of them in terms of his impact to the overall team. So, um, yeah, I mean, a massive player. <laughs> he just kind of lost his head. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, something, off, yeah I don't, something Morgan Gibbs-White said to him must have really pissed him off. Because Rodri's got, like, he's got no tats, right? He's... he's um he's he's got like an air of sort of like old school like tucks his shirt in you know like um goes in pretty hard on some challenges i I love how the the fact that you're like i don't know it was out of character he doesn't have any tattoos i'm not sure if that should be the bar there (laughs) (laughs) no i i know i know i just I, i just think of him as like after the game like he sits down next to like you know uh, the fire and like reads a novel, you know, like, or like plays chess. Like he's a guy who like plays chess at until the late, late nights on his phone instead of like going out like Jack Grealish is out clubbing in Manchester, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know if the tattoos have anything to do with that, but yeah, no, you're, he seems like a professional. Um, right. But he's got a fire in him That's as well. I, I, it was, it was really surprising. I don't know what, if Gibbs White said something or what happened. I'm sure there was some, some jawing going back and forth there, but uh, it was, it, it was an obvious it? red card. <laughs> Doesn't it make you wonder about Calvin Phillips? Like, what is the plan there? Like, where? What has happened to him? When it's, are they going to get rid of him? When are they? When are they just going to? When are they just going to jump ship and say like, "Hey, turns out he's not very good." Like, we get rid. Well, the I saw the re- reports the other day that he requested to stay because I think they were willing to let him move, and Pep basically told him that he wasn't really going to play, and he's like, "No, nah, I want to fight for my place." So I, it's weird. I mean, he was. He was so good for Leeds, and everyone just kind of felt like when that signing happened that it was going to be a really good fit. He's basically done nothing for that club. Um, I think it was Arsenal that had interest in moving for him. And you think he'd probably start on three-fourths of the teams in the Premier League right now if he moved, or maybe unless he's just lost his ability or isn't training hard or whatever, but that doesn't really seem like the player he was. And uh, he was really good for England, too, when he was on that Leeds squad, like a, a big part of that team. So to have basically no role in this city squad is surprising. And he would be that replacement for Rodri. And he's, you know, Rodri's suspended for three matches and really no one talking about Calvin Phillips. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to make a January move or I think at the latest next summer be gone because 
seems like Pep's pretty much over him. I don't think he's really going to give him a chance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's never Pep's never been keen on him. He's never really played him, and uh, he's never got a consistent run of games on the side. And the second Rodbury got injured, I thought, ooh, are we going to see, you know, Phillips? And we haven't. I think Rico Lewis played in sort of that holding the field today in the Champions League game. Yeah, he's 18. So that's just, it's, know, just, it's like, <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, you're never going to play Phillips. They spent serious money on Phillips too. And we saw what Leeds looked like without him. That was probably one of the biggest losses last year. Um, so, so that one's just weird. It, it's really odd. Um, but I think we pretty much have our answer. I mean, I, I don't really think there's going to be any resurgence coming for Calvin Phillips anytime soon. So a couple of, a couple of think, players like that. I mean, like Emil Smith-Rowe just like left out to dry at Arsenal too. Like sometimes you just see these guys who – have good runs of form, and then I don't know if it's just a training issue, things we don't see, but they just kind of get forgotten. Yeah, there there probably are some things that we don't see, and and to your Holland point, I mean, I you know I know it's interesting. Everyone kind of talk. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, but like um, Holland is not performing as well relative to his xG as he was last season. He's missed a bunch of chances this season already. Um, and I'm, you know, I wonder if part of that is like, is he getting accustomed to, uh, getting the amount of chances that he got last season or is he just accustomed to like, Hey, I'm getting so many chances. Like is his edge just starting to dull a little bit because he's getting used to being fed in the city team. Cause I mean, just looking at the data, he's not performing nowhere near, um, uh, uh, the stronger ratio as he had in terms of converting his chances of goals to XG, um, or XG to goals that he was doing last season. He was outperforming his XG, and he's right. Or he's actually slightly underperforming his XG this season. So it's an interesting case I mean, it's, of him it's, too it's, because it's he, concerning. If he's not scoring, he doesn't really do anything for that team, and he's not really a prototypical Pep player uh, because he's not right. he's not very good on the ball. He doesn't really hold up play very well. He just converts chances, and I think uh, not having De Bruyne probably doesn't help. Maybe maybe some of the quality of some of those chances that De Bruyne was setting him up for is lacking a bit, but he is a guy that if he's not scoring, he kind of just gets lost out there um, because he he's not like a strong dribbler. He doesn't really provide a lot of chances. He just kind of buries the ones that he should and then some of the ones that um, are a little bit more world-class. But, um, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily lost any ability, but it, it's a weird thing. I think, I think City is just so good, and Holland is obviously just a, a world-class goal scorer that – Someone like with his physical build is just going to convert goals in that system, but I'm not sure if like the the situation at City and, and Pep's style really suits him that well. I think he'd be scoring goals no matter where he played. So I, I yeah, don't, I, 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 I don't know if he'll he'll start to get frustrated if uh, the goals drop a little bit or if Pep will lose a little bit of patience with him. I mean, you can't keep him out of the lineup. Uh, and I, I think he'll be fine right. this year. I still expect him to score. 20, 25 goals probably at a minimum, right? Because he's just going to go out and have some of these random hat tricks or braces that he's he's already got a hat trick and a brace this season. So he's going to keep doing that every once in a while, um, maybe just a little bit less consistently than what we saw last year. Yeah, and he was, and this is kind of how he was performing at the end of last season, if you remember. Yeah, I don't know. It just it, it, it time will tell, right? Like law of large numbers. Shout out Nick Harmon. Like over the course of the season, will he start to overconvert his XG? Maybe does he find a little bit of form, some more confidence? You know, he, keep in mind he had a really long season last season between the treble. So who knows? I I, I do just think like he's just not performing at, at the same, not converting uh, the same results that he was converting last season, and it gives you a lot of appreciation. At least it does for me for. 
you know, players like Messi and Ronaldo and, you know, uh, Suarez and, you know, even Neymar, some of these great, great players um, over the last decade, great attackers over the last decade, the, the amount of goals, goal returns um, that they were putting up season after season. You know, you think about, look at like Messi's career and he's he's got like three straight seasons of like 50 goal seasons. Um uh, and it's that that's just insane, you know. Um, and and obviously La Liga was a little bit more formidable. So, you know, time will tell. It, yeah, it also gives out, me a little but, bit more appreciation. Uh, you thinking? Yeah, it gives me a little more appreciation for what he did last season too, because you know mm-hmm. can't really underplay that he was out of this world last year. And, and maybe it's unfair to expect him to keep up that form over the course of 12, 18 months. Um, and you know, the one thing he he didn't have the World Cup last year though, so that's one thing to keep in mind too. In terms of fixture con- congestion that a lot of their guys played with, he did have a little bit of a break for that, so um, that probably played into his favor a little bit. Come like January, February last year, but either way, um, I'm not really alarmed. I'm a City fan, but as a Premier League fan, I'm kind of excited that they drop points because now we've got six teams within three points at the top of the table and a massive match this weekend where theoretically, you know, City could easily come out of that with a draw or a loss and things will be really interesting come the next month or so um, as the table starts to take its shape going into, you know, the the next window. Yeah. And shout out to my sister, Martha Ridgway, who doesn't have Erling Holland in fantasy prem and I think scored well over a hundred points. Um, I have more than her on the season, despite a pathetic week last week. But yeah, 106 last week. She doesn't have Holland in the team, so well, that is who a, knows? Maybe that'll turn. That's the thing to consider um, from a fantasy perspective. I, you know, I've seen some uh, buzz on the FPL Twitter side of things. Of you know, does it make sense to keep him? And like I said, he had scored in the previous four games before that. So I'm going to hold for a little bit here and, and not get too alarmed. But you, you could bring in a lot of uh, high-priced assets if you're able to have the bravery to take Holland out. Um, I just don't know if it, it doesn't really, it's hard because when you're playing fantasy, like the way we play head to head, um, you, you get rid of Holland and, you know, 17 or 18 other teams in our league have him and he has that bracer mm-hmm. hat trick you lose. So you're, you're betting. It's basically, you're just betting against him to get a return. Yeah. And it's the same, I guess, in overall points too. It is, right? yeah. Like, almost every, he's like ninety one percent owned or something like that. Right, true. It is. Um all right, well I think zooming out a little bit from Manchester City, just thinking about some of the other there's been some European action. Essenville played tomorrow, so well it'll be today if you're getting this podcast on Thursday, October fifth. Um so they play uh, getting Europe, hoping to bounce back from their their loss to the Polish side league of Warsaw. Um, but there were a couple big results this already this week. Uh, Newcastle won big four one over PSG at home. If you're a Newcast, if you're a Geordie and you're at St James's Park, you see PSG, you see Mbappe walk into your stadium and you just throttle them four one. Goals from Dan Byrne, Fabian Schar. I think Maddie Longstaff or Sean Long, one of the Longstaffs. It was Sean, scored. yeah. Um, yeah, so Sean. Like, it was Almiron, Almiron, Burn, Longstaff, Sean, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, four by PSG. And, I mean, this net match was never close. They, they were up 2-0 at the half, scored another to make it 3-0 right after the half. So, I mean, they were in control the whole way. I, they're, they're all blacking out in Newcastle today. Also, 20, yeah. 27% possession in that game. And the XG was 1.05 Newcastle, 0.85 PSG. So, you know, it, I don't really know if it would have looked like 
I didn't watch the match. I'm not sure if it would have been, been like, oh, wow, Newcastle is really dominating this, but you've scored four goals. And they've shown that spark to be able to just get on a run where they're, they're putting back goals, um, five against Villa, eight against Blades. And uh, right now they actually lead – or no, they're, they're tied for second in the prime in goals. So sometimes they, they come out and they – there's no goals to be found. You know, they, they have 18 goals in seven matches, but uh, 13 of those came from two. So they're only averaging a goal a game in the other five. But that, that's what that team does sometimes. They just get on a run and they bury everything and they get goals from everybody. Um, you know, four different goal scorers today against PSG. They had eight different goal scorers against Blades. So you never really know where it's coming from. Obviously, like Wilson's yeah. a good goal scorer, Isak. Hasn't really started that consistently, but he's a good goal scorer. But it's everybody on the pitch can put goals for them. Gordon's been good. Uh, Barnes just got hurt, which is going to be a little bit of a blow for them. But they're they're fun to watch because they're kind of similar to like a Brighton or a Villa, where um, you know they have like really anyone in that lineup can score, and uh, and Trippier just provides chances all over the pitch too, which is fun to watch. Yeah, they they they. They just press very well as as a team, and it feels like that the kind of brand that uh, football they play is they're very much of, hey, you have the ball, try and play through us. We'll we you know we dare you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially at St James's Park, where every you know every niggling little tackle, every um, you know every time they knock a ball out for a throw in, it, it gets a huge a huge eruption of crowd noise. They're really tough to beat. Um, I think you know going away to St James's Park to play. And you know, and you got the giant Nick Pope and goal going away to St. James's Park. I said this at the beginning of the season when Villa went and yeah. got pumped there. Um, you know, it's one I think one of the toughest places to go and get a result. Well, yeah, and they they press and they counter well, and then they also are just lethal from set pieces. So they're a challenging yeah. team to deal with. Um, I mean, maybe the best set piece team in the Prem right now. You got Trippier putting them in, and then guys like Byrne and Shar and Botman. Uh, who are just huge guys in the box that are really good aerially. It's, they're they're very difficult to deal with on those. They're a big, strong team. Yeah. So I guess Chris, that's a good question. Do you know Premier League teams? Who's uh, there are actually a handful of teams who have uh, higher set piece xG than Newcastle. Um, there are about actually five teams. Um, but do you know who has the highest set piece xG um, in the Premier League this season? Um, I don't. That that would be pretty crazy if I did know the top five. But I well, would, do you, yeah, do you have a do you have a guess? I mean, I one of the teams that comes to mind is West Ham, just because of Ward Prowse. They're, they're third. Okay, they're third. Um, I would think Arsenal. Maybe you know they score a lot of corners. They're uh, not. I don't. I don't think they're top half. Okay. Uh, they're like mid table. I, I think, think they like might have the most 12, corner 11. goals in the Prem last year. Um, so they do actually. They do. They do actually. They're one of. So you're on. They're actually they're one of four teams who scored four set piece goals, but their xG isn't high that high. So you're you're on. I mean, I got to give you some credit there, basically. Uh, yeah. Then I don't know. I mean, I would maybe the other team that would come to mind would maybe Spurs, but. Ooh. So Spurs are um Spurs are actually just below Arsenal. Uh, kind of bottom. Then half. tell me, I don't top, know. Top this, team. This isn't trivia top, yet. Top so. team. <laughs> top team for uh for set set piece xg is brentford uh this season but 4.33 xg um which is uh is definitely factored in um because they will l- l- like just 
hoof the ball into the box from a long throw. Yeah. Um, and so they, they they rack up some XG that way. Their only goal from uh, this past weekend was a uh, set-piece goal, so... Yeah, so they've actually got 4.33 XG, which uh, the next highest is Everton on 3.93, and they've only got two goals on that 4.33 XG. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Well, that, that's a fun little stat. I like that. I'm so shocked that you yeah. had that ready, but that's cool. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm out here. Um, and then uh, other results that are in, in Europe, um, United lost, Manchester United lost to Galatasaray at home. Gotta love Wilfred Zaha going to Old Trafford and getting getting a goal, right? Like, we've got to love that. Yeah, definitely. And I saw this was the first time that United have lost their first two Champions League group games in a season, I believe. Um, so a little bit alarming for them. <laughs> they're they're not like you look at Newcastle and they're in a brutal group, right? Uh, PSG, AC Milan, and Dortmund, and they're at the top of that through two matches. And then you look at the draw for United, and uh, it it seemed like it was going to be a lot easier. Obviously, Bayern's tough. They lost that, but then Galatasaray and Copenhagen. So there's a good chance they'll still get out of that group, but this, that, would have, that was a huge fixture for them because Galatasaray is the other team in that group that conceivably could come out of there and you lose your home fixture to them. That is that's pretty concerning. It's tough, yeah. United are in a bad way. Love to see it. Um, and then City won today. We've talked about in the Champions League um, over uh, Rebel Leipzig and... Arsenal lost yesterday to Linz. Yeah, and I think City, I'm saying that right with. Oh, go ahead. Go for it. I was gonna say City. Uh, just because before we move on to Arsenal, City two late goals from uh, Doku and Alvarez. Holland played ninety with no goals. Um, Alvarez got subbed on and got a goal, a goal and an assist. I'm a little bit surprised the impact that Doku's had already. Um, I, he's someone that we've known about for a long time. Um, football manager, legend. Wonder Kid, but um, that that signing seemed like it kind of came out of nowhere, and he has played really significant minutes for them and been an instant impact. So, um, just hat tip to Doku. I mean, Grealish has been a little he, he played today, but he'd been hurt a bit, um, and Doku's just come in and played a really really big role earlier than I would have expected. So. Yeah, agreed. I think he's been a good signing, and he's and most most pet players take it. We we've talked about this before. Take a while to bet in, and he's looked pretty good pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but I also think part of him coming into the team maybe is is uh, correlated with the drop off in in goals for Holland. Right. Like we're not seeing the same consistent lineup with you know Foden on one side, Grealish on the other, or Bernardo Silva on one side, Grealish on the other, Foden on the other. Um, you know, kind of that exchange of wingers with De Bruyne in the middle um, and Rodri plus uh, a holding defender uh, like a Kanji or Rico Lewis. We're just not seeing that lineup from City um, because obviously De Bruyne is gone and um, they've had some, they have to bring in some fresh players on the wings with, with Mares leaving. So yeah, that might all be just not to fold back to that Holland discussion we were having, but that might all, all well, might all be related. Yeah, Doku's a little bit more direct to really strong dribbler, yeah. so he's probably gonna be on the ball a little bit. And I mean, City or Grealish, who plays on the left too, is also someone who dribbles a lot. But I think he like looks to play make more first, and same with a guy like De Bruyne who's been hurt. And Doku is like, I'm gonna dribble into the box and cause trouble that way. Um, not that he can't provide assists to a guy like Holland, but a little bit of a different style than the De Bruyne, Grealish, Foden type player. Yeah. All right. So, um, like pivoting over to the manager hot seat before we go into trivia, Chris, um, I got two simple questions for you out of the managers in the Premier League. Whose bum is the warmest right now? 
and whose bum is the coldest? So, warmest bum, coldest bum. Coldest bum is an interesting, um, interesting question and really interesting wording because I don't really, I don't think anyone really likes having a cold bum, but in this case, it means that's a good thing. That that's really hard to answer because I would say there's probably about ten managers right now that seem like they, um, you know, are nowhere near being sacked. Uh, I would say Unai Emery, Pep, Klopp, Arteta, Ange, Deserby, How, all those guys are extremely safe. Um, I would say Ange is maybe the one with the most hype, but Unai uh, is probably the coldest bomb if I had to pick, just because of how what the strong start he's had. And uh, I believe we see the stat like every week. I think now they are second, or they're at least in the top three in terms of points uh, in the calendar year. Um, and I think that mm. they are top two or three in uh, wins as well. I think second in wins. Um, I mean, actually, Pep's probably the realistic answer there because Pep's never going to get sacked at City, but Unai would make a case there. Hottest bum or warmest bum, I think there's a few different people you could look at. Um, the two that I would say the that I would say are the most uh, warm are going to be fittingly Paul Hecking Bottom. <laughs> his bot his bottom is a little bit warm. Yeah, I got the I got the pun. Got the... <laughs> um, so I mean, it, it's tough. Whenever you are a promoted team, I think you have a little bit more leeway because you obviously just came off a good season in the championship. There's probably a lot of uh, love from the, the supporters just because you're the guy that just brought them back to the Premier League. So I think you might have a little bit of longer leash, depending on the, the way the club is run. You know, like Watford would have no problem sacking somebody. But um, we saw when Blades had their last stint in the Premier League, Chris Wilder uh, was with the team for a long time. I don't think they'll like to make rash decisions. Things have been really, really ugly for Blades as of late. Um, and the 8-0 loss at home against Newcastle was tough. Uh, we were talking about drummings. They got absolutely smoked by West Ham. Only lost 2-0, but you watched that game, and it was chance after chance for West Ham. They're in the bottom of the table right now. No wins, one draw, six losses. So if he doesn't start to turn things around quickly, could see that getting pretty hot for him. And... Um, I think they're going to be in a relegation battle all year, so I wouldn't be surprised if they end up making a change just to try to fight for survival. And then the other manager who I wouldn't have expected to be in this spot is got to be Eric Ten Hag. Um, United have looked really, really bad. There's been a lot of drama around the club in the past year with just personality issues. Um, obviously, the, the Mason Greenwood thing was a disaster. Not his fault, but... Um, a lot of, you know, news around the club in a negative way there. And then there was talks of him coming back to the club and playing. And then they're like, no, there's more backlash. Now that this is a possibility. And he got shipped out. And then right after that, you have to deal with the whole Anthony thing, who it sounds like he's training now again and might feature. So that's a whole different mess. Uh, you got Casemiro coming back out of shape, not playing very well. They just spent... A ton of money on Rasmus Hoyland, who hasn't totally adapted very well so far. I just mentioned that this is the first time they've lost their first two group stage games in the Champions League. Um, they just lost 1-0 to Palace. They barely beat Burnley. Uh, and I think they got outpossessed that game. Right before that, bad losses to Arsenal and Brighton. So, I mean, they're, they're in as bad a form as they could be in right now. 
They play Brentford at home this weekend. Absolutely need a result there. Um, I haven't even mentioned Marcus Rashford, who was one of the best players in the league last year. And uh, I believe now he has four goals in his last 17 matches. And uh, watching him play, you just see all these highlights of him just looking very selfish on the pitch. Just guys that he could pass to running through the middle, and he just looks to shoot every time. It's not uh, it's not very pretty at all right now for United. And the other damning part about it is most of the signings that have come in under Ten Hag have not looked very good. Uh, we talked in the last pod about Onana. Mount, has he had an injury, but he hasn't done anything so far. So I would not feel very comfortable if I were him at the moment. All right, so warmest bums I'm here on our hecking bottom, Ten Hag, coldest, you like Unai. That's what I would say. Where, right? where, where's your head at? I mean, there's, like I said, the coldest one's really tough, but the hot ones, I think those are the two warmest. A couple other names that could maybe go in there, but I think those are the, the two obvious ones. Do you have any other anyone else to throw he, out? So I do have, uh, so for war- warmest bums out there on the literal hot seat, uh, I mean, again, pun intended, um, Paul Heckingbottom, it's a no-brainer. I think he's actually going to be gone by October 15th. So I, th- I reckon they lose this weekend, and he'll, especially if it's a sizable defeat. Um, who do they play? They, they play, play. So here's the thing. They play Fulham this they play week. They play Fulham. And then it's an international break. So this would probably yeah. be the so I- that's- this would probably be the ideal time to make a move would be after this fixture. Exactly. Then after exactly. that, they, so I think he- they play United and Arsenal their next two after that. Yeah, so they're they're gonna get they, yeah they're they're gonna part ways in the international break for sure. Probably just give Hecking bottom. It's definitely coming down to this result, right? Like, hey, if you get a result against Fulham, who's only seven places ahead of you in the table, first win that would eke them up into the same point total as Burnley, Luton, Everton. Like you say, hey, win this game, keep your job, you lose, you're gone. That's probably the conversation he's having. You know, maybe in like maybe in like eight hours um, when he walks into the office tomorrow. Um, Good luck, Paul. Uh, and then when it comes to cold seats, um, whose bum is the coldest? Um, I think there's a couple cool bums out there. I also think when you're thinking about cool bums, you got to factor in the expectation relative. So kind of like room temperature relative to like the temperature of the seat, right? Like what's the what's the what's the expectation levels? Like when you're thinking about like Klopp and Arteta and Pep, like you know, yes, their their bums are all cool, um, but the expectations are high. Um, and I think Ange is probably coolest right now with just how the vibes are at Spurs. I, I do think just honorable mention for cool bum. Um, I'm going to throw Steve Cooper out there. Um, Forrest were very much the team last season and, and everyone's on about, and we've talked on the pod about how there's a big gap with, you know, the added time this season and, uh, five subs at Luton, the, you know, the three promoting teams, Luton, Burnley, um, and, and blades are, are bad. Um, but, Forrest were in were in that cohort last season, right? Um, they just were like people were like they're a small club, you know. They they championship club for the last fifteen years. Sure, they were in Europe back in the Brian Clough days, but like, you know, they they bought like twenty five signings. Everyone's like, this is a joke. They're going to go down. Steve Cooper, they extended his contract when they were in the relegation zone. He kept them up. They're sitting twelfth mid table, um, two wins, two draws, three losses. They're only on a, a minus two goal differential. Forest will give you a good game every fucking time you play them, right? And no matter who plays them, they can they'll beat they'll, they'll pull off a couple of big results against top 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 half teams. Um, 
and they might scrap against some of the bottom half teams as well. But I, I just think that they're going to be a nice, they kind of remind me of Wolves, like uh, under Nuno Espirito Santo. I think they're going to be a nice, like mid table side this season. Going to finish probably similar place to like Crystal Palace, Brentford, um, in that range. Yeah, they're, they're a team with some talented players and also a good home field advantage. And that's another, uh, another yep. place where it's loud and it's tough to play at. I'm a big Steve Cooper fan. Um, I think he's the funniest looking manager in the Premier League as well, which gives him some kudos. <laughs> Always looks like he's half asleep, like someone just woke him up. And he's yeah. like, oh shit, the match starts right now. Um, but no, I like Cooper a lot. I like the Forest team. There, we look at some of these teams that are newly promoted or um, you know more towards the bottom half of the table and they're they're not always very fun to watch but I'll always get up for a forest match I think they're they're an interesting team um, and generally pretty entertaining to, to watch so I like that pick um, I also a shout out to Roy Hodgson who I think this will be his last season probably but uh, I think he'll he'll see it out to the end they've gotten off to a great start with very minimal goals and some injuries so I want to give him a little bit of a shout out as well yeah, definitely plus one to Steve Cooper's droopy eyes. Looks like he's about to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. But we love you, Steve, if you're listening. Yep. Um, all right, so trivia, Chris. You ready for it? I guess, yeah. All right, so here's trivia this week, gang. And everyone listening, I you know, I encourage you to guess along um, and, uh, get, and guess honestly because um, it's going to go a little bit different. So um, we've got 20 teams in the Premier League, right? And, and we're going to go top to Top to bottom. So this will also give you, if you're listening in the background, just sort of a current overlay of who's at the top of the table as you scroll down to the bottom of the table, right? So we'll start with City and we'll end with Blades. And I'm looking, Chris, I'll give you one guess per team, but I'm looking for who has the top pass completion percentage for each team, okay? So who has the top, we were talking about the importance of uh, a certain Spanish central midfielder for Manchester City earlier, hint, hint, um, and, and whether he should be a Ballon d'Or candidate. We are looking at the top pass completion percentage from a player from each team in the Premier League. And I'll give you one guess. I'm curious to see how many teams you can get. Yeah, okay? that's tough. Um... Now, now here's the other thing that I, here's the other thing to factor in, and this and this is should all factor into your thinking as well. The player must have a minimum of five starts five starts okay. okay so his players had to start five games so like Jorginho for example is actually top of the Premier League pass completion percentage for Arsenal so I just took that one off you know your guest list but he's only come on five times as a sub okay, okay so he's five appearances but not five starts so it has to be five times they've started the game okay, okay. um yeah I'll give you 15, 20 seconds per, per, you know, I'll just kind of call it if you sound totally lost, but you get one guess per team and we'll just go through how many, how many teams you get correct. Okay. Correct. So, um, we'll start with Manchester city. Who do you think? Um, I mean, we, we talked about him. I was thinking actually, <laughs> um, it could have been a defender, but I'm just going to go with the, the easy guess here because a lot of the defenders are probably not even at five starts besides maybe like a Kanji. So I'm going to go with Rodri. Uh, you are correct. Um, so you're one for one. Um, and uh, Ruben Diaz actually was just below him. Yeah. So very, very close. So your, your instincts were good. Spurs. All right. Spurs, I will go with. We'll go with a defender in this case. I'm going to go with Christian Romero. 
unfortunately wrong. Very close. Mickey Van Deven, okay. so the other center back. Yep, I figured it was probably one of those two. I think my thought process is most of these are probably going to be center backs just because they're attempting the most passes. Um, so just yes. a little hint into my, my thinking here. Um, all right, so one for two, and then now we're going with Arsenal. Yep, Arsenal. Um, this one's tricky. I have two names in mind. I'm between Saliba and new signing Declan Rice, and I'm going to go with Declan Rice. Okay, I decided I'm going to go through all of them and tell you the right answers afterwards. Oh, that makes it even worse. I could be like, oh, for or one for <laughs> fifteen and not know it. Okay. Um, all right. So, yep. That I, that's what I decided I'm going to do. I just pivoted. So, <laughs> right. listeners, you got to tune into the end to hear who they are. Okay. So, um, all right. So, Liverpool. Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool. Um, let's go with. I don't really like the defenders as much, and Van Dyke was suspended, so I don't know if he has five starts. But I think his suspension got overturned. I'll go with Van Dyke. Okay, Villa. Uh, Pau Torres. Okay, uh, Brighton. Lewis Dunk. All right, uh, West Ham. Hmm. West Ham is tough. Um, yeah, they are. <sighs> I will go with. I don't think it's going to be a defender. Uh, I'll say Kurt Zuma. I don't love that pick. Okay. Newcastle. Newcastle. Let's go with Fabian Schar. Um, Palace. Palace. This one's tricky because I feel like Anderson probably has a lot, but he attempts a lot of long passes. So I will say Mark Gay. Uh, Manchester United. Um, they've had a lot of movement around the defense to start the season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. Like instincts would have maybe thought Rafael Baran, but. I will say I don't like it. I'm going to go I'll go with Victor Lindelof, but I really hate that. Okay. Uh Chelsea. Chelsea highest completion percentage. Hard to think it's not Thiago Silva. All right, Nottingham Forest. Oh my god, this is such a ridiculous trivia. Holy shit. <laughs> it's gonna be so much harder going to these bottom teams too. Yeah, it's gonna get crazy. Oh my god, crazy. like the top ones I didn't feel good about. Um Forest, let's say Joe Worrell. Okay. Um Fulham. Fulham. Fulham is not very good. Um, just, just gave away a pass for a goal, but uh, I, I think I'll go with Tim Ream because I imagine they play it out through him the most, even though I just watched him give away a pass for a goal against Chelsea. 
Uh, yeah, love that. Uh, how about Brentford? Brentford. Let's see. Um, I. This is just a tough one because I don't know if he has five starts, but I will go with uh, Christopher Iyer. Okay. Uh, Wolves. Okay. Wolves. This is really good podcasting, Jack. Um, yeah, good podcasting. Wolf- Listening along, you got to be guessing yourself. I know. Wolves, it, I think it's, I'm going like center backs on all of these just because in percentage, it makes the most sense. And I'm between Dawson and Kilman for this. I will go with Kilman. Okay. Uh, Everton. Everton. I would imagine they probably have one of the lower percentages on the list for their guy. Let's go with the one that I know has definitely been starting every match, uh, Tarkovsky. Okay. Uh, Luton. It's just so tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I will I will say once once you get to these bottom four teams, it's 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 uh, they, they there, were, there were a lot of players who had higher percentages who didn't get rigged because there's so much rotation. Yeah, they didn't get regular minutes. They also, so the listeners guessing out there factor that in. They also probably don't play out of the bat quite as much. But um, let's go with. Uh, let's go with Tom Lockyer. OK. Um, how about Burnley? Burnley probably does play out of the back more, knowing company. I've literally gone center yeah, they back actually had a- in the last like fifteen of these. So if that strategy's wrong, I'm not going to get any of these right. Um, it is a center back. I'll give you that. Okay, uh, Connor Roberts. Who I don't even. I think he might play wide, but I'll go Connor Roberts. He's a red. Okay, yeah. I, I, right. I don't really care about the hint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then Bournemouth. Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth will say uh, Marco Sanessi. Okay, and then uh, Blades, last team. Blades, just brutal. All hecking bottom. Um, brutal. <sighs> not a center back, I'll give you that. All right, that's a nice hint. Um not a center back. Uh, we'll go with Gustavo Hammer. I knew you were going to guess him. I love it. Um, all right, sweet. Um, all right. That was insane. Just got really close, really close, really close to the mic there. Good audio. Um, all right, that was crazy. That was insane. That was like eight minutes. I, I won. And we're not even yeah, to the so, answer. So whatever. Who cares? Right, People so, are listening. They want to listen. <laughs> Yeah, they want to listen. We we get crazy out here. Um, all right, so Chris, uh, formal countdown. You got four out of twenty right. <laughs> I probably could have gotten so, a lot more with two guesses, but I mean, I, I'm not really surprised. I so yeah. that's twenty percent. Now, now, honestly, you did. I'm proud of you for two reasons. One, you did well, and then two, you had so many players. You had so many times. You actually had three different times where you vote, where you literally said two different players and then decided the wrong one. Yeah. So, so I hear it. So I'll, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll I'll give you a couple examples. So uh, I'll, I'll, so I'll run through the answers and here. Saliba's probably one. Um, 
so at Manchester City, you've got Rodri, um, who is number one. Uh, like I said, Ruben Diaz was was up there too. Um, secondly, you have uh, Spurs, Mickey Van de Ven. We talked about him. Yeah. You you said the wrong center back, Romero. Um, then at Arsenal, it's William it's William Saliba. You guess Rice, Declan Rice was very close second in terms of pass completion percentage. Liverpool, you got Van Dyke. So well done. Um, then Aston Villa, you guessed Pal Torres. It was Esri Kansa. Yeah. Um, at Brighton, you guessed Lewis Dunk, who was very high up there as well. It was Billy Gilmore. So he was a rare center, central, midfield, central midfielder. Um, at, at West Ham, you you actually talked this out and you said, I feel like it's not going to be a center back. And I thought you were going to get him. It was James Ward-Prowse. I, who I talk uh, about you guessed, incessantly, but... <laughs> Yeah, and you say Kurt Zuma um, at Newcastle. You get you guess the wrong out of the two center backs. You guess Fabian Schar. It was Sven Botman um, at Palace. You you brilliantly talked yourself through the Anderson Gahey debate and got Mark Gahey. Well done. Um, at Manchester United, you talked yourself through the center backs. They had a lot of uh, actually like same almost almost exact same pass percentage was Lindelof Ferran and Lissandro Martinez, but Lissandro Martinez was the highest. Okay. Um you guess you guess Lindelof. Chelsea, well done. You got Tiago Silva. Um oh Tiago Silva. And then Nottingham Forest, you kinda talked yourself through that one. That was uh it was I guess uh, Joe Mangala. Okay. Yes, yes, Joe Worrell. It was Mangala in Central Midfield. So these teams that kind of go along a little bit more, you can tell um, their center backs are punished, sort of like what you're yeah. saying about Anderson. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at Fulham, you guess Reem. It was the, his counterpart, uh, Isidia. I almost guessed him, um, too. Yeah. At Brentford, this was the only non-central midfielder or center back, so the only wide player. Aaron Hickey really? was top of Brentford's numbers. Good for yes. him. Um, so fair play, fair play to him. You guess Christopher Iyer. Um, at Wolves, you guessed Kilman. It was Dawson. Yeah. Um, at Everton, you guessed Tarkovsky. It was Edris Gay. Okay. Um, Good for him too. And then at Luton, um, again, there were a couple higher players like Tahith Chong, but it was, uh, you guessed Lockyer. It was Marvelous Nakamba. <laughs> That's surprising. Um, I've watched him play a at, lot. Yep. I know it was only is really him because of starts. Yeah. That's really it. And then at Burnley, you it was uh, Bayer, the center back, mm-hmm. the German center back. Um, you guess Connor Roberts at Bournemouth. It was the other center back, so it was, wasn't Marko Sinesi, but uh, Zabernyi, the Ukrainian center back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at Blades, it was Vinny Souza, the Brazilian central midfielder. Um, not, I think he's Brazilian actually. Um, not Gustavo Hamer. Okay. Um, so Vinny Souza because they brought him in after a, a couple games. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that was hard. It's it's fun. It, it, like, I wasn't even thinking about the players as much. I was more thinking about the style of how the teams play. And, like, if I was going with the, the logic that I had, which got me, like, the Mark Gay one, I should have applied that to Pau Torres as well, which that one pisses me off. Because I would have gone Kansa otherwise. <laughs> and Ta- Torres is the one that plays all the long balls. And so, like, that, I did try to think about that. Like, guys that get the ball in the central defense and then hoof it forward like an Anderson or a Torres, like they're going to just have a lower percentage. That's also why I didn't go with Ward Prowse because I'm like, he's going to like attempt more risky passes and forward passes and things like that. And so I just figured that over time, like it's unlikely that he's going to the highest pass completion percentage because he's just going to be having riskier passes. So I was just really trying to like get in the weeds on like which guy is getting the ball back to his feet a ton in defense and just like playing it across the line and stuff like that. 
Yeah, which is uh, like, and I think you did think tactically through a lot of the answers correctly. It's just tough because once you think through the tactics, then you also have to guess the right players. I so know. You're like Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle, you went Shar instead of Botman. Um, Palace, you went Gay instead of Anderson. But like a lot of instances like that where you had the right style but just the wrong. I know. I probably, if you would have given me two um, guesses on all of them, I probably would have gotten like five or six more. But yeah, yeah, you would have finished over fifty percent, but. That's trivia, baby. That's trivia. Welcome to trivia. And we we were looking up XG from set pieces. We're getting in the weeds this week. That's fun though, because you get to go through every team and think about like which player is. I don't know. I, I like I liked that exercise. I don't like my results, and I felt like it was torture <laughs> putting me through it, kind of. Um, just being like, I have to just rapid fire name one guy from each of these teams, and like pass completion percentage is like just not something that you're like really zoning in on when you're you're like going through numbers especially like we you know we play a lot of like fantasy stuff like no one's ever concerned about past completion percentage so it's not something that like really crosses my mind all that often but um no, I, I like the exercise overall even though i probably look like an idiot and uh i'll probably get I'll probably get heat from your mom and your sister like i always do after every pod so <laughs> Well, uh, I, yeah, I will say it's for the unsung heroes. We're talking about a lot about Rodri, Ballon d'Or candidate. I don't know if past completion percentage will ever get you a Ballon d'Or nomination, but maybe it should. You know, maybe it should, should be considered. Um, should be considered, just like it is in trivia. So, uh, Chris, <laughs> uh, this this weekend we've got uh, a couple key key fixtures on the slate. Um, there's rumors I might be playing my fantasy wild card. You know, before Who's the before the international break, which is bonkers. <laughs> Who's starting those um, rumors? It sounds like you are. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I could be. Who knows? Um, what what fixtures are you anticipating the most this weekend? All right, so I've got three. Um, we'll, let's just go through them one by one, and then uh, we'll we'll do our predictions one by one. So the first one is right. uh, this the only Saturday match on here. It is, I believe, yeah, it's a 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. Uh, United at home against Brentford. I put this one on here just because we, as we talked about, both these teams really, really need a win. Uh, to start turning their season around. And so I thought it was a really good good pick in the sense that this is a huge fixture for both of these teams. What do you like in uh, United at home against Brentford? Yeah, I, this is tough, and I feel like I'm twisting the knife a little bit into United's woes, but I, I'm looking at those XG tables in Brentford and how much XG they have. Both teams aren't playing particularly well. I do like either a... But United can't score, uh, and they're struggling to score goals. So I, I, I like either a Ethan Pinnock kind of set-piece goal or some sort of lump it into the box, handball, penalty, Mbomo, it's kind of slots a penalty home, um, and Brentford beats United 1-0. Yeah, that would be really tough. Um, United obviously played this week, too, uh, and lost there. They didn't have to travel, though, so that does help a little bit. Um, I'm going to say that United turn it around a little bit here. I'm going to go 2-1 at home. They, they need it. I think that... Who scores? It's, I think it's time. Like Rashford, I think, is due. He, he has to score for his pride. Uh, so I would say Rashford will get one. And um, I don't know where the other one will come from. Maybe Hoyland, if he, if he plays again. He's... I don't think he's been terrible so far. Like, he's shown flashes. I, I definitely don't think the price tag made any sense for what they spent on him, but I do think that he can get some goals for them. Um, he had one called back uh, two weeks ago, I think, uh, when Rashford was out of bounds on that one play. But, yeah, I'll go 2-1 United. I would love an Mbomo goal because he's been on my fantasy team all year and he has really cooled down. So let's hope he scores. Yeah, he might be out on the wild card. Uh, rumor has it. Rumor has it. Um, and then 
We got Brighton Liverpool. I feel like this is just going to be a goal fest. It should be. It should be. Um, neither of these teams like to defend too much, and they've both scored a lot of goals lately. I think Liverpool, I mean, both these teams should come into this match angry, right? Like playing really, really angry. I know that they were both having European fixtures this week, but Liverpool just, or uh, Brighton just got trounced by Villa 6 1. Liverpool just feel like they got uh, shafted against Spurs. So I think there will be a lot of goals in this game. I will give Brighton the home edge and go 3 2. Wow. Wow. Um, I think just at how. Uh, I think Liverpool play teams that try to possess through them really well. I think Villa also do that, and I think Brighton will try and do that again. Brighton also just lost Purvis Estupinian. Um, Pervy Boy is going to be out injured for a while. Yeah. I think Brighton, I don't want to call it too early, but I do think, you know, everyone's like, oh, they just keep pushing out regens and wonder kids, and, you know, they're great nonstop. Like, will that happen forever? Like, like, will that happen indefinitely? I'm starting now. I'm not saying I'm questioning, but I'm start. The thought has entered my mind that Deservival, like, you know, will will sort of Brighton's methods catch up to them a little bit? So I, I and and could they have a you know a bit of a disastrous season? Now they now granted disastrous. they've been they've been they've been okay, um, and before that six one de- defeat. And I don't want to sound the alarm alarm bells yet. I'm just saying the thought has entered my mind. I mean, the- um, and so I think Liver- I think Liverpool win. Um, because everyone, I think everyone at Brighton's games, most of them end 3-1. So I think Liverpool win 3-1. Yeah, so I'm not going to like say that you're wrong here. And like in, the, in terms of this prediction, uh, I, I could easily see Liverpool winning. But yeah, and they're coming off 3-1 three three against Newcastle, 3-1 against United, 3-1 against Bournemouth before that. So like to call, mm-hmm. this is like a classic Jack, like, oh, I just watched my favorite team, Aston Villa, win 6-1. Like this team is dead. Like their, their manager... <laughs> is who's like the hottest manager in the premier league over the last six months. Like maybe he doesn't have it. But, but, but I do think like, if you've watched Brighton closely, uh, they're leaky, they lost in Europe. But... Uh, yeah, they, they, I think they lost in Europe the week before. Um, I'd have to go double check their fixtures. I believe but, they did, um, or at least they, they, if they, they won, they came back. I know they gave up some goals in that match. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So they lost to Chelsea in uh, in the in the in the League Cup um, on Wednesday, the twenty seventh of September. I, I don't they did put any stock beat, in that. They beat, but they beat they beat Bournemouth three um, one, and then they also lost in the week previous uh, in in Europe again to AEK Athens. Yeah, so, they did three two. Um, yeah. They've lost three of their last four fixtures. Um, now, granted, only two of those were Premier League games, and they one of their wins is in the Premier League. But it, you know it. I think I'm just I'm not saying that you know one of the things one of the things that people say about Pep is he's always able to reinvent himself and um, find different ways to beat teams and um, I'm just saying time you know time time is the ultimate test right so I mean, as time progresses <laughs> as, as they continue to sell assets we'll see and I'm not even saying that I'm like out on Brighton or Deserby like I I, I have a disgusting amount of respect for the football they play. I just I'm just saying that's just like, a crazy thing to I'm, say. Like I, Pep can always reinvent himself. Like oh yeah, he can go out and spend seventy mil on Jeremy Doku in the last week of the window. Like I think that's just so unfair to Deserby. Like you look at the squad. I, he's I, yeah, that's with. fair. I, I guess that's fair. Yeah, like the, he, he, you're right. But he's playing with yeah, Danny Welbeck. Pep's in positions where he can change the way he plays and he's financially back to do so. And Deserby's obviously not. So, yeah, I, I guess point taken. 
all I'm saying is I'm I'm not sound the alarm bells. I'm not out in deserve ball. If you're a Brighton fan, you're feeling good. Life is good. Um, everything's all good. Um, vibes are high here on the pod, Jessica's show. But I'm saying I'm inching. I've I've located the alarm bell, right? I've located where that alarm is, and I I know where it is if I need to pull it. If I'm a Brighton fan, <laughs> you're getting ready to pull it. I don't know. I, I'm not saying that like Brighton are invincible or anything. Like they give up a lot of goals. They they, their squad is not like on paper. Their squad is not really that talented, but I th- I think Deserby deserves a ton of credit. So I just feel like that's crazy to just say that you're you're inching towards so well. the alarm. Like I I don't think that anyone that's a Brighton supporter right now has any concerns over Deserby, other than the fact that he might go to a bigger club and and leave them. Like I, I think so as well. Yeah, I mean he could leave. He could leave. He would probably. I mean maybe. I don't really know who he would move up to in the Premier League right now. I mean maybe Manchester United, right? Like. They might come clamoring for deserve. They would. Chelsea's they would. They would like, definitely look at him if they move on from Ten Hag. I'm sure che- of that. Ch- Chelsea's been known to buy a Brighton asset here or there. So yeah. Maybe Chelsea are in the market for him, but who, uh, I. Yeah. I mean, it's a long way away. I don't think he's. He's. He is definitely not in a warm bum territory. He didn't come up in that discussion at all earlier. Um, all I'm saying is, and I, I think even if they lose a couple games, they have a rough patch. They'll. They'll attribute that to, hey, we have to start Hinshelwood because we sold Caicedo yeah. and McAllister in yeah. the summer, right? Like, it's not going to be on Deserby, um, but I just I just think that, uh, you know, that squad's not that deep, right? And I think they're getting overrun in central midfield. Yeah, well, um, let's just say this, really, too. You really saw that. I'll before. say that. You're right. You're, those are good points. And um, also, on our last pod, we did our most anticipated pictures, and I think you went three for three, and I did not. And right now, we are on the opposite sides of both those two fixtures. So... This, this is a grudge match for me. It's revenge week. I, I'm really, <laughs> really pulling for United and Brighton now, even though I, I hate both those clubs. But I'm really yeah. pulling for United and Brighton. Okay, last. Right, well, one. that means we we got to that means we got to choose opposite teams here in the Arsenal Man City game. So you go first then. <sighs> okay. Um, I think I will go City two one. Um, so I don't think there will be a ton of goals in this game. It's going to be one of those cagey. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a great a great game to watch. Like every inch of grass is is fought for. Um, I sort of like a. I don't know. Maybe it's like a William Saliba corner. You, you shout out Chris with m- most goals from corners last season, or like a Bakayo Saka. Um, kind of cleans up some sort of rebound. If he um, plays. If he plays. Yeah, you're right. Um, I This game's tough to call. I'm actually going to go different than you, but not go Arsenal you're gonna winning. I'm going to go 1-1. Yeah, we have to pick different teams to win, and then you went draw. So, you know, I was thinking draw, uh, okay, too, well, yeah. before that. Whatever, whatever. Right, I'm going to get all three of them right, so I don't care. All right, I want 1-1. 1-1 Arsenal City draw. Fine. Well, let's let's you know Fine. someone follow up on that. Unless I lose, then just wipe this from your memory. But. We do need to get an all-time like predictor. I've had some bad takes on this pod. Shout out Danny Ings, Golden Boot. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we do need to get an all-time record. We, you should just. Uh, we do need to get an all-time record. Get your big whiteboard out there, and every time one of us makes a proclamation, we have to write it down so that way we can hold ourselves accountable. Yeah, whiteboard's going into into storage for the uh, couple, couple months. So putting everything valuable in storage. Up. You're gonna have to get a new whiteboard then, which I, I know you're right. you're good at finding them because that would be awesome actually if you could just like tweet out the whiteboard and then at the end of each pod we could just go through and just update anything that like any of our takes that have like um, something impactful has happened on those we can just call back 
but we could probably do something that's a little bit more uh, <laughs> safe for record keeping, like a you know a, a Google Doc or something. But I think it would be really cool if it was on the whiteboard. Yeah, I just put on my notes some notes app on my phone. One of my first purchases when I'm a Florida resident will be to buy a whiteboard. That would so be really cool. Just just JGTS takes, and then like I said, we can just tweet them out. So that way, there's just a running tracker of all of our bad takes we've had, yeah. and then everyone can talk about how we don't know anything. Right. It'll be constantly on the kitchen counter of my fiance's parents' house. And they'll be like, Jack, what's this whiteboard that's just, you know, always here? And I'll be like, well, you know, it's, uh, there's not a lot of markings on it. But first one, something. first one on there is Paul Huckingbottom sacked after the full match if they lose. That's your take. We'll, we'll yep. have to follow up on that. Yep. Absolute take. Well, gang, um, I appreciate everybody listening in. We're, uh, it's, it's been a longer one, but we've been excited to chat. Uh, Chris, you got anything else you want to add on as a farewell message outside of the whiteboard that I, I just added to my buy list? No, no. Um, but just other than good luck with your move this week. Uh, Jack's moving to Miami this weekend, so uh, it's going to be a little bit crazy. But um, make sure that the microphone's not packed up in storage. Yep, 100%. It's going to be in the backpack. We're moving closer to the prem one time zone at a time. Yeah, we're going to be in the same time uh, zone. That's exciting, right actually. I didn't think about that. Right. Nice. Let's go. EST gang. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, uh, appreciate everyone listening. Obviously, uh, follow our Twitter account at Ghost to Show Pod. We tweet out every episode. So if you can set up a little notifications and make sure that you know, or make sure you subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Music. Um, and if you can, leave us a little review in there. Um, that shit helps. Um, don't ask me how or why, but I know it does. So please do if you have like 30 <laughs> seconds of spare time. Good reviews help. Leave us a good rating. Good rating. I th I'm kind of like a, hey, any feedback? You want to go in there and bury us? Because you're like, hey, Jack's takes are bad. I've lost thousands of dollars gambling listening to his opinions. I want to know that. I think, right? So, like, you know, I think the strategy maybe text me first. Yeah, bury us on Twitter and then support us on the, uh, the, and Spotify and Apple Music. If you have, if you have Ooh, any issues with us, just like take that. it to Twitter and we'll respond that way. Right. And one of our commitments, Chris, this year was merch. Um, that is on my list. Oh, yeah. Of, uh, so I got a list of buy a whiteboard. So merch isn't out of the mind. So if you're writing this review, maybe we'll get a little merch incentive in there. Yeah, good point. I forgot about that. All right, cool. Well, I think that's it. All right, gang. Well, as always, just goes to show. Everybody see you, man. Thanks for listening.